The Endless Promo Podcast, back at ya with a BK Have It Your Way Friday. Episode 11. How did we get to episode 11? Big Kev. Because ours goes up to 11. This is going to be an interesting, interesting episode. But before we get to the episode, got to get the odds and ends taken care of. Shameless plugs. Listen, folks, you may not know this, but when you go on to our podcast and you check out the Q&A, you can leave comments for us. You can leave, um, you can leave suggestions on topics you'd like us to talk about. And then Kevin and I usually leave a poll, so some type of a poll to get uh, the people engaged, uh, to give you some nauseating detail on Spotify. Our our search is driven and traffic is driven by interaction with the listeners, the faithful. So, shameless plug, after the episode, you have the opportunity to leave uh, feedback to us. We read it, even though, I mean, there are literally millions of comments at this point from the millions, and I do mean millions of fans. Uh, we get to them all. We really appreciate them. So administrative stuff out of the way, Kevin. It's an excellent day here in Southeast Michigan in spite of the air quality alerts that we're all receiving. Um, we do hope that our, our friends, our beautiful cousins to the north in Canada are all squared away and things are getting better. But I'll tell you what, yesterday was a bit dicey with the haze, the orange sky, the copper flavor of the air. So hopefully the flavor we can leave in the listeners' mouths today is something of a bit of nostalgia, which we tend to um, we tend to lean on here in this podcast. Tee up what we're going to talk about today because it's going to be it's going to be a banger. Will do. But what I'm going to talk about first, very briefly, is just to recognize and very appropriately that this is the second week in a row that you have worn a tank top on the other side of our FaceTime discussion here. And man, somebody's been tanning and hitting the gym, let me just say. Hey, I'll take that all day long, man. You know, <laughs> if, if you say that audibly, because when I look in the mirror, I just see the anatomy skeleton that's in everyone's biology and chemistry rooms in high school. Um, so jacked and tan is always the way to go, right? Well, yeah. And, you know, I've heard that, uh, you know, the future of podcasting may be the visual component. So we're working on it. Move to that. We're working on it. If we we move to that, you're going to be front and center. Size is the prize. Swole is the goal, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) So this week for our turned up to 11 a la Spina Pap episode, the topic is this. If we applied... 2023 year dollars to our childhood allowance or birthday money or chore wages, what would we have been able to buy then that we couldn't have before? So it's a little economics. It's a little time machine. It is inflation as a time traveling sugar daddy is where we're going with this. So OC, I know you were uh, you were excited about prospect of kind of diving into uh, your your piggy bank and and seeing some exponential growth in there. 
and what that might look like as a kid. So what do you got? Lead us off. I mean, I was I was super excited to be honest with you. Nerd alert! Um, to revisit my undergrad and grad degrees and just get to the time value of money. So break out the old HP 12C financial calculator and look at a dollar invested today is not actually worth a dollar because of the time value of money. Meaning, due to inflation, due to the growth rate of money, money's never really worth one unit. Well, I can tell you right now, man, when I did the math on this, a dollar, a dollar when I was a little boy, and I won't reveal the uh, the year, roughly worth $2.82 today. So with the growth rate, growth rate that I could find and, uh, and use off of the us.gov site I searched, $1 when I'm a little guy worth $2.82. Now, the first thing that came to mind, I'm talking within microseconds of you posing this topic in the show meeting. I'm going back to 1987. 1987, the last year that Hasbro produced one of the greatest, if not the best, vehicles in the G.I. Joe lineup. If you're a fan of G.I. Joe, then you already know. And Kevin, knowing is half the battle. Oh, man, you are speaking my language. So I'm go lay it on me, OC. I can't wait. 1987 is the last year that the USS Flag G.I. Joe aircraft carrier was produced. Folks, if you haven't ever seen one of these, I'm not doing a bit here. Hasbro produced, at one point, a 7 feet long, 6 inch, 90 inches in total. 3 foot tall, 3 foot wide aircraft carrier for the G.I. Joe toy line. Now keep in mind, by 1987, these are not the Joes of your dad's era or your grandpa's era. These are the 3.75 inch um, rubber banded minuscule G.I. Joes, the ones that you could use as a weapon to throw at your little friends. 3.75 inches, if we, if we did the math here on the old mathilator that we purchased, you could lay down 24 G.I. Joes lengthwise on the, sh- on the bed, on the ship, the aircraft carrier. This came with 120 pieces, 200 stickers. There was a 31-step, five-page booklet to put this thing together. Today, if you go on the eBay or the secondary markets, I've seen somewhat complete all the way up to boxed USS flag GI Joe aircraft carriers, anywhere from 1500 to 5,000 us dollars. Hey dad, great American 1987. This thing was $109, 109 bucks. And today I could buy one for $39 with the conversion. Doesn't it just gut you knowing that if we could time travel with the inflation 
as a time-traveling sugar daddy power of this podcast, I could have purchased in 1987 a USS flag, all seven feet of it, all three feet width of it, all three feet height of it, for 40 bucks. Dude, how in the world did they only sell it for $109 back in the day? Because let me tell you, I was every bit as uh, in the position to covet that toy as you were. In fact, I remember that being the toy that your friends would fib about when you'd be like, yeah, man, what are you getting for Christmas? Oh, I'm getting the aircraft carrier. Like, oh, 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 really? Yeah, my grandma said she'd get it for me. Like, oh, your, your grandma's going to buy you the aircraft carrier. Yeah. Dude, your grandma can't even pick the thing up. Like, she, what's she going to do? She's going to drag it into the back of the uh, Caprice Classic by herself? Your grandma's not getting you the aircraft carrier, dude. Literally, I knew nobody who had the aircraft carrier. I now know somebody who had one. My buddy Jeff Andrews. Shout out to Jeff. Um, but he had it as a kid somehow and then reacquired it a few years ago, piecing it together from, you know, the Ebays of the world. But uh, this thing was the holy grail of G.I. Joe stuff. Unbelievable. BK. Nine bucks down to 40. I saw one in person as a kid. One, as in singular. Just one. Um, and I had to fact check this with the great American. There was a family that he was acquainted with from church. And one year they invited us over to a Super Bowl party. And uh, the home was over on Outer Drive, like Outer Drive Monroe area yeah. in Dearborn. And uh, Dearborn. I remember just showing up to the Super Bowl party, totally uninvested in the game and going down in the basement because you threw all the kids in the basement when you had a party with adults, right? I go down in the basement and this kid, this Jamoke, he had the USS flag, okay? And he had a bunch of crap piled on top of it. Oh, that's so disrespectful. You talk about like walking across the altar at church with bare feet. That was how offensive it was to me. I remember going down these steps, and I can, like, visualize this right now. Walking down these old wood steps, and this imbecile has a USS flag with, like, you know, Nerf stuff on top of it, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hanging off of it, and some hockey laces on and I'm like, that's the USS flag! What are you doing?! And he's like, oh, I got it a couple years ago. from Well, you know, in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad that my parents never caved and, uh, and bought me that. Because in all likelihood, it would have ended up as a melted pile of plastic in the Dearborn High parking lot, much like most of the rest of my G.I. Joes did. Yeah. So, you know, um, I did, and I sent you this picture the other day just to prove it. I did visit an amazing uh, shop in Kokomo, Indiana. It was a, a welcome little detour and a work trip I would take sometimes. Uh, Kokomo Toys, awesome place. They had one in the box. And, you know, even as a 40-something, seeing that, like, it, it just it, it sent me back into this, like, 
immediate need and urge to like look around for my mom and start begging. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm> like, <laughs> mom? Mom? Oh, um, actually, um, I mean, uh, I said, ma- ma'am, ma'am, can you ma'am. help me with this? Yeah. I wouldn't have been the first one to uh, fall into that, that role, I'm sure, in, in that store. <laughs> Just seeing it, Kevin, is like, uh, I mean, it, it, I've seen a few. I mean, there are a lot of um, items that are along this this uh, category of like when you're a kid, it just, it, I felt so priced out of the market with it that I didn't even ask. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I never went to the great American and was like, Hey dad, I know you've been working a lot of storm duty lately and I haven't seen you in six days. Cause you've worked like 7,000 hours of overtime. You think you buy me the GI Joe USS flat. It was like, I thought it was like thousands of dollars. To find out it was $109.99 and in today's world it's worth 39 bucks, it's gutting. It is. And I mean, what little foresight we had. I mean, you think of like the birthday parties. Instead of each one of your friends buying you like maybe a guy or two at say five or six bucks, you could have had them cobble together the money and combine it with, you know, your aunt and your grandpa and boom there it would have been yeah (laughs) yeah i mean we really we missed we missed out on the fact that we could have gotten like some crowdsourcing for our birthday presents back then because you're you're so focused on like the singular requests i should have just said to like all because my dad has being a son of an irish immigrant he has roughly 47 brothers and sisters so i could have just asked all of my aunts and uncles like for my first holy communion Listen, I don't want savings bonds. I don't want a card that says, congratulations on becoming Catholic. I just want my USS flag. Well, and, and you know, in the spirit of the, uh, the era and, you know, sort of the, the Reaganomics that I'm sure some of uh, our families were very much into, just think of what an investment it would have been. No kidding. There's I mean, no savings bond that would have paid off like that thing. How many savings bonds in 1987, at the cost of 109 dollars, would net you five thousand dollars on eBay now? <laughs> exactly. Kevin, I have to have yours. Go ahead, man. All right. So, and I know this is going to sting a little bit for reasons we don't have to get into, but you are at least now a bit more initiated and up to speed since uh, you know I've had to put my ancient substitute teacher hat back on that I never thought I'd have to dust off. But now you're, you're kind of more in my realm here. So just full disclosure, as I dive into mine, uh, in my opinion, which is a fact, the empire strikes back is the best movie of all time. Um, And the Hoth battle scene is the coolest battle scene ever made in movie history as a kid i was intrigued excited and scared of it you know all at the same time and the heart and soul of that fear and fascination was the imperial snow walker the all-terrain armored transport best known as the adat the adat was in my view, the holy grail of Star Wars toys. Some will argue it was the Millennium Falcon. Some will argue it was the Death Star. 
I say, no, the ad at was where it was at. It had four legs that you could move fully articulable, you could bend them every which way. It had a compartment where you could have the Imperial snow troopers hide and then descend down the, uh, little rope to get down to the, to fight the rebels on the ground. It had the cockpit where you could have the pilot commander, um, inside you could actually reach into it and hold the handle to move its head back and forth and up and down. And it had a button that controlled the cannons, which lit up, made noises and moved back and forth. This thing was just jaw dropping as a kid. And, you know, uh, I, I have to come clean here. I had multiple components of the empire strikes back that Hoth scene battle. Okay. I had the rebel, uh, snow speeders. I had, uh, Tauntaun. I had Han and Luke and Leia in their snow gear. I had the snow trooper. I had the rebel, uh, snow commander from Hoth, who incidentally looking back at him now is a spinning image of my dad from like 1982. Hmm. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. David, David Watts has his own action figure. Um, I even had the snow base that my aunt Coop got me for my birthday where you could push buttons and, and they had, they were attached to these levers that would like make the parts fly off and stuff like it was getting exploded. Um, so I had a lot of the pieces, but you know, if you didn't have the ad at, you didn't have the Hoth battle. It just wasn't complete. And so I really, really wanted this thing. And I really, really begged for it multiple times to no avail. Um, in about 1982, 83 era, uh, it was going for $47.99. So as astounding as that is, that's what it was, which is, we'll call it, you know, around 50 bucks with, uh, with tax. And so for 50 bucks in about 82, I could have acquired that iconic toy, but you know, back in those days, my parents were not going to spend 50 bucks on a toy. Um, and for me to earn 50 bucks in those days, that would have been quite a feat, you know, um, that would have, uh, <laughs> I don't think I could have quite wrangled that, um, you know, through normal channels, but if my piggy bank, had consumed, uh, you know, a power up mushroom like Mario or Luigi, then my dollar in 1982 is about three bucks now. It's about a three to one ratio. So I was at that time still, you know, physically limited by what I could do. I wasn't old enough to mow the lawn or chop wood or clean the gutters or, you know, have a job, but, uh, you know, I wasn't without ways to make a buck here and there. I distinctly recall making $1, uh, selling a used bouncy ball, for example, at a toy sale. Okay. I found, uh, one of the silver Easter eggs at the Easter egg hunt, which got you a dollar. Um, I, uh, <laughs> 
I remember uh, I got about a buck. I think I got a dollar in my pillow for each tooth I lost. Okay. So, you know, so I'm at about five bucks just from those things, which puts me at 15. I'm like a third of the way there already in today's dollars. Yep, yep, yep. So if you add in the time that I stained the family picnic table and benches, um, the parts that I didn't spill in my hair, by the way, um, or the time that I carried in all the firewood from the backyard out of the porch and into the house, uh, cutting my arm in the process, that's probably another 10 bucks or another 30 in today's market. So I'm already at 45 bucks. Now for the final $5 to get me over the hump, I used to, my grandma would put me to work around her house and I had this little like tin cup and it had a little coin slot and I would just say like, okay, well, you know, what if I dust the counter? Well, that's a nickel. What if I vacuum this? Well, okay, that's 75 cents, whatever it is. I could spend a morning and I could have earned five bucks, especially because my grandma was a very progressive woman. She appreciated Star Wars more than, uh, you know, most of her generation. Uh, my grandma wasn't even threw Yoda a birthday party. Uh, she turned the lazy Susan in her kitchen into a Star Wars carousel for Yoda's birthday. So nice. there you go. Nice. So I got five bucks from working for grandma Evelyn. I have no doubt about it. There was plenty of chore to get me that five. I'm over the hump at 50 bucks, uh, in today's dollars. So, you know, with today's dollars and a little elbow grease, I could have done it, uh, even back in 82. Now I got to say, OC, as a little, uh, postscript, when my son Thomas was about two, uh, <laughs> I caught wind that a, a childhood friend of mine, uh, Chris Gayer, who's now Dr. Chris Gayer, uh, he was parting ways with his old Star Wars toys. So I met up with him and, uh, you know, we worked out an arrangement where I took the stuff out of his hands. And you know that as I sifted through this treasure trove of awesomeness, the thing I was really looking for was that ad And by God, he had it. So I got it. And Thomas got it for Christmas. Um, there was a whole Hoth scene set up. Santa helped a bit, you know. Snow speeders hanging from the ceiling, rebel base on one side, Adad attacking from the other side, tauntauns and snowtroopers everywhere. Uh, it was amazing. And after Thomas got done playing with it, he and uh, my wife Irene are kind of giggling. I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "Well, we got something for you." So we go upstairs. There's a big box sitting there on the couch. I unwrap it. They got me my very own Adad. Dear so Lord. I got one too. Wow. That's beautiful, man. I tell you what, there is nothing that beats the feeling, if you got to wait a couple decades, of getting that fig, getting that vehicle, getting that game that you wanted as a kid. It got away from you and you find it later on in life. Dude, it's magic. That's why I go into these, uh, these toy stores or it's like, it's like a trip into a museum where you can buy stuff. <laughs> if you're ever in need of a toy, shout out to my boys over at Time Blaster Toys in Westland. Keith's got Absolutely. Keith's got like the Keith has when I close my eyes and think about what I would love to do as a human being on this planet, the inside of Keith's store is that. So Time Blaster Toys <laughs> over in Westland, big Keith, shout out to those guys. Um I, I love this toy. I, I was not and am not a Star Wars guy. I know we've had 
numerous debates about this. It just, it missed me and I never really got into it. Um, the advertisement that you sent me yesterday for that toy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would have been begging at the feet of my parents to have this thing back in 1982 because uh, I was shocked at how um, technologically advanced it is for like the early yeah. 80s. Um, I love yeah. the component about sticking your hand inside of it and kind of manipulating it and moving it around. And as a person who is completely OCD and all about uh, cutting down on waste, the storage factor really sold me that you could shove a lot of dudes inside there and kind of have action figures stored within that. It's kind of like the Technodrome from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I used yeah. to close that thing up at night with all my turtles closed inside of it. And it was like, wow, yep, my room looks clean. That's a great call. And I'm glad that you watched that that commercial because, I, you know, I don't remember it. I was only five, but apparently I uh, I filmed that commercial. I'm pretty sure that's me, that, that blonde kid running around uh, with the ad ad. You know, it looked like so. you, especially when I saw that <laughs> I, when I saw that little Dearborn Racket and Health Club T-shirt on the kid. <laughs> I thought it was extremely odd. But uh, Kevin, I gotta I get of them though. I, I filmed this commercial, and then they don't even give me an ad ad for it. Like, uh, what do they pay me in? I gotta get to um, I gotta get to one that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It still burns me to this day, especially since each of my children have at least one, if not two, modern iterations of this toy. And they all three used them for like a week and then couldn't have cared less. Um, This toy that I'm going to talk about, um, I would have used daily i would have done good to humanity with this toy okay i would have added value to our entire universe had i had this toy in 1990 um if you saw the instagram post i put out yesterday and you you saw the joy of those two little boys sitting inside 1990s Fisher Price Power Wheel, regular red Jeep. Wow. So I'll get right to the finances. Yes, hefty price tag on this bad boy. I had to find a a, a Sears advertisement and download the PDF and possibly put some malware on my laptop because of it. <laughs> but in 1990, these... These things sold for $199, okay? So in today's dollars, using the conversion, roughly $71. By 1990, Fisher-Price is producing roughly a million of these a year. And there were different iterations, right? Like there was the the red regular Jeep. There was the Outback Jeep that was kind of like a jungle jeep there was the girls version that was like a pink you know type dealio but the one i'm speaking of is almost like the uh, precursor to the can uh, the canyon arrow from the simpsons <laughs> it was at least that's how i envisioned it in my in my head as a little boy um hopefully uh it did not come with the unexplained fires which were a matter for the courts no nope, but uh <laughs> this thing topped out at a speed of roughly five miles an hour but 
for anyone who ever saw this in person, that five miles an hour was roughly 105 miles an hour. So I had a couple of buddies uh, in my hood, and uh, one of them had this. Um, and I distinctly remember it being able to race real cars down the street. That's how fast it was, at least in my brain, in 1990. That's accurate. So carried two riders. Uh, in my opinion, it's literally the first model of Tesla because it was a 12-volt battery. You could ride for days on this thing. I mean, I, I would have taken that Jeep. Hey, Mom, we need groceries? No worries. I'll drive up to save more, and I'll get some groceries for you. Hey, Dad, you know what? You do a lot for us. Why don't I drive to church this morning? Hop in my red Fisher Price Power Wheel Jeep. I'll take you to church. And then afterwards, I'll take you over to uh, Donut Mill on Newman, and I'll get you some donuts. You know, I would have done so much with it. And the fact that, like, yeah, I mean, $200 in 1990, that's huge. That's, like, my entire family's grocery budget for the month. But going back with the conversion rate, using the inflation as a time-traveling sugar daddy... 71 bucks. Dude, 71 bucks. I mean, I don't want to say you're going to like find that in your couch necessarily, but as things go, you know, even working minimum wage, you know, you can knock that out pretty quick. BK, days. I mean, you know, we went to Universal Studios earlier this year and uh, I ordered a salad. At TGI Fridays on Universal Studios campus, and it was seventy one dollars. <laughs> Sounds about right. So, so it's it's <laughs> gut wrenching to know that I could have had in nineteen ninety my Fisher Price Power Wheel, regular Jeep, a regular red Jeep. Um, I could have done so much in the community with it. I mean, I envisioned pulling, um, you know, pulling a cart behind that Jeep, letting homeless people ride to job opportunities. You know. Um, rescuing small animals with that thing, uh, possibly yeah. loading it with some gallons of water and putting out fires. There's just so much potential with what I could have done with that in 1990. Yeah, I mean, you never know. The uh, you know the Ghostbusters may have needed like a Midwest wing to to open up. Um, that's that's Ecto too. Yep. Right. Yep. There's just a, I, I don't know, it, it's a it's a rough one, but uh, I know I, we've spent a lot of time on it. I want to get to your second one because I know you're super pumped about it. Well, I'm pumped, I guess, but man, you know, we always said that we were going to do this podcast, uh, you know, not get too heavy and keep things fun, but man, it stings revisiting these things. Yeah. Gotta tell you, this one, still to this day, um, so... Let me set set the stage here uh, again, in my opinion, which is a fact. A little, uh, little low budget, little known cinematic nugget from 1987, starring a very obscure actor by the name of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's almost called Predator. Oh gosh, don't do it. Yeah, um, uh, third best movie in cinematic history saw it in the theater as a young whippersnapper in the summer of 1987. Is it your number uh, one Arnold movie? Oh yeah, it is. 
Yeah. Okay. Wow, with a lot of conviction with that. Yeah. No, no, no ifs, ands, or buts. Jeez, Louise. Um, saw it with my cousin Jeff and and my mom. And uh, <laughs> so I was nine. Cousin Jeff was 11. We made my mom sit in the back while we watched it up front by ourselves. To protect so, her. You didn't want her to get scared in front of you. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, being the progressive parent that she was, I mean, they don't parent like they did back in the day. I mean, by God, we walked into that theater as children, but we walked out with men. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, <laughs> I was immediately infatuated with Predator. Um, it was as awesome and terrifying as anything I'd ever seen. And to this day, you know, I've never seen a movie where people at the theater crowded around the doors outside of the actual theater and like clamored to look through the little portal just to see the movie. Wow. Yeah. It, it, I've never seen it before or since in any theater anywhere with any film. It was incredible. It's that big a deal back in the day. Um, and so from then on, I mean, I was all Predator all the time. Um, I made my own glowing green Predator blood. Um, I got a pair of dog tags at Harry's Army Surplus with Predator stamped on them as my code name. Okay. Uh, pretty sure I misspelled Predator, by the way. But, uh, you know, I was like 10. The thought was there, Kevin. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even now... <laughs> I've had more dreams about the predator than any other topic there is. In fact, my wife and I have started to keep track of them. In 2023 alone, I've already had three dreams about the predator. And how many of those dreams are you and predator in my red big wheel with me? <laughs> and most of them I could use its uh, warp speed to get away because I usually don't fare too well in my dreams with the predator. So the predator. The Predator haunts your dreams, but you want to go back and you want to purchase some type of Predator, uh, what, paraphernalia? So by 89, summer of 1989, I'd had a good couple of years to really let it sink in how much I loved it. And uh, my parents and I, my sister, took a trip up to the, the UP to see uh, Sault Ste. Marie. And they have still have to this day, a haunted depot. We used to like to do haunted houses and that sort of thing. So you get through the end of the haunted depot and there's a gift shop. And wouldn't you know it, in the gift shop was a completely realistic, lifelike predator mask. This was not just the helmet. It was the mask with the real eyes, the mandibles, the teeth, the dreadlocks, everything. It was so beyond awesome and it was up at the very top of the shelf that had all the other like dracula and werewolf and whatever and there was the predator mask and i commenced to begging pleading guilting shaming cajoling schmoozing anything i could throw at my parents to try to convince them to get this for me they would not budge it was, I've spoken to my mom about it since her estimates slightly lower, mine slightly higher. We come out at about 75 bucks, $75 for, I'm pretty sure Kevin Peter Hall actually wore this in the movie. So this is a, this good. is a, a studio quality yeah. predator mask. 
It's roughly 75 bucks. It's on par with shout out to Lynch's in Dearborn. Yeah. Um, it, it's on par with some of the costuming you would see at Lynch's and Mama and Papa Watts. No dice. We took we we dragged you up here to the UP to give you an experience. Maybe we took you to the Sioux Locks. Oh yeah. And yep. it's summertime in Michigan, but you're not getting a predator mask. No predator mask to be had, and I have never let my parents hear the end of it. Um, now, if I go back to '89, by that point I'm mowing lawns. All right. So this is what really stinks, dude. I by by '89, so. Just knowing the way you stand now, present day, 89, you are well over six feet tall. You're approximately two and a quarter. You're repping two and a quarter, maybe what, 15 to 18 times. And you could probably, Kevin, let's be honest with you. So when I met you, um, I was scared by the physicality of it. So I can't even imagine what you looked like when you were 11 years old. We're not talking about me here, all right? We're not... Well, imagine what I would have looked like then with a predator mask on. Yeah, it's awesome. That's so amazing. at 11, you could probably pass for most 21-year-olds. You could probably get a job on a landscaping crew or a cement crew at that point <laughs> and make that 70 bucks in a few hours. Dude, so I made... I. I, I managed to finagle a very uh, competitive wage for mowing lawns back in the day. Uh, so by 89, I was making 10 bucks a week mowing the lawn. So you got to mow so, seven lawns? Dude, it would have cost me in those days 10 bucks a lawn. It would have cost it basically two full months of mowing the lawns. But if I had done that, you know, I got no money for baseball cards or video games or nothing. But dude, in today's dollars, ten bucks is like twenty-five today. Yeah, I could have mowed three measly lawns and gotten the predator mask, and it just makes me want to cry all over again. Just, just galling to me. Now, because my family's awesome, um, this story has a happy ending. Good. Two Christmases ago, I got another of the best gifts of all time. Probably because my family is tired of hearing this story the last 25 years and how, you know, I was wronged by mother, father, and the universe by not getting my predator mask. Uh, Santa, with the help of my wife, Irene, and son, Thomas, and daughter, Izzy, they got me a predator helmet, complete with dreadlocks, which is absolutely spectacular. Um, just uh, a great gift, a great little capper. And before I turn it back to you real quick, I returned to the scene of the crime a few years ago. The Haunted Depot is still there. I was there for a hockey tournament, of course, the Boo and the Sioux with my son, Thomas. Went to the Haunted Depot, went to the gift shop, naturally bent the ear of the dude working there and told him the story. And you know what his reaction was? What were your parents thinking? It would have been a steal. 75 bucks? Why did they get it? See, I thought you were going to go, actually, little boy, I've been working here since 1989. <laughs> and we have that mask in the back, and I want to bring you in the back and buy it for you myself. That, that would have been the Hollywood ending. But uh, I'll, take, I'll take being right. 
that's as good an ending as I could hope for. That's beautiful, I man. Was right. By God, I was right. Yours are all ending so well. Mine are ending so tragically to where, like, <laughs> you know my level of cheapness to where I'm not going to go back and buy any of these things now. But, like, the fact that you were able to close that loop and get these things warms my heart because my final... My final one is uh, a tough one. It's gonna it's gonna break some hearts. Uh, I want to make sure that if my sisters are listening to this episode, they just plug their ears at this point because I'll tell you, Kev. Growing up, I had two wonderful siblings and still have them to this day. Blessed to have two beautiful, intelligent, successful, loving sisters. But the one thing I always wanted was a brother. Now, I have several brothers. I consider you one of them in my life. Me too, brother. But I wanted a genetically DNA Sharon brother. <laughs> one that mom and dad have to team up to make, if you catch my drift. So in 1990, according to the United States Department of Agriculture, costs approximately $120,000 to raise a child the age of 18. That's $42,000 current monies. So by my math, $42,000 divided by 18 is approximately $2,300 a year. Or $197 a month in current monies. I could have had a brother... For $197 a month. I could have had a brother. I And I'll tell you what. As a, as a dad, as a man who has participated in bringing three children into this world, I can tell you, I don't want to hear any stupid science. I don't want any doctors calling into the hotline, the uh, endless promo hotline. You can guide what you're getting. So all my dad would have had to do is just go out to the baby shop and in 1990 for $197 a month I have a real life share DNA with brother that I can go on adventures with. I can do karate in the garage with. I can build bunk houses with. I can put on Chewbacca masks and compare <laughs> autographed swords that are signed by signed by Randy Jackson with. I have a real life brother for $197 a month. You know, I think he may have been able to just pick up the phone. I think Sally Struthers was like selling brothers for a while there, uh, you know, on her, on her little infomercial. I'm telling you, man, I, I, when I did the math, I about threw up in my mouth. The Great American, for the cost of essentially a racket club membership and four cups of coffee, again, at the donut mill on Newman, could have supported another child and could have had me a brother growing up. Um, well, you know, I'm kind of surprised the odds would have favored with your uh, Irish catholic heritage that they may have given it another go to try to even things out but that's what i'm know. thinking you know me dude i'm all about weird uh, multiplicities and numeric coding and 
why we didn't have four. I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, 197 bucks a month. Wow. Well, now I'm trying to think of all the other cool stuff we could have gotten for 197 bucks a month. Could have had a brother. I, really didn't, I, I didn't want a brother. I have a sister. She's awesome. Shout out to Aaron. But uh, man, for 197 bucks a month. Dude, I could have gotten like four ad-ats a month. I'd take that over a brother any day. I'd add a whole whole imperial snow fleet. You know what 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 really drove it was always having to be, you know, having to participate in the craziness of two girls doing stuff. It's like Kevin, how many times do I want to sit there and be taught in a fake school by my teacher sisters? How many times <laughs> do I want to pretend babysit Care Bears? How many times do I want to play with Saved by the Bell Barbies? Not a lot. Well, no, but you know, you, you got to learn to to improvise a little bit. I mean, if if ever the Barbies or the Shiras um, or the Rainbow Brights entered the equation in my household, you know that that was a job for the GI Joes or the Star Wars or the He Man guys. Like they were going to have to they were going to have to get into action. Take them out. Yeah, that we were not going to be invaded by these, you know, uncool sister toys. That just wasn't yeah. happening. What do we got from you, Kev? Dude, I, I, I don't know if I can revisit any more, any more of these, uh, these difficult, dark moments of my past. Honorable mentions. I, you know, honorable mention. I had a few, so it, it was a tougher exercise than I thought because I think you and I agreed. You know. We wanted to do our best to be as accurate as possible, and I didn't really want to shoot from the hip. Um, so if I couldn't find something specific as far as price went, um, you know, I didn't want to include it just to have three. The two that I mentioned are like the biggest two anyway, but, you know, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least throw in a couple of the other things that I thought would have been awesome uh, over the years. I, I really wanted the... Uh, red leather zipper jacket that Michael Jackson wore in the beat it video. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I thought I was getting it because I told my mom that I wanted it. And she says, well, you do need a new coat. And we went to Burlington coat factory and I walked out with not that coat at all. Like, I think I got, you know, some kind of like poofy blue and orange thing or something. Yeah, How dare your mom buy a practical coat that would give you warmth in Michigan's dredges of fall, winter slash early spring. The Michael Jackson zipper coat would have been a lot more warm than like a triple fat goose. It would have been, it it definitely would have been hot. You know, I don't know if it would have been warm. Um, I wanted that big time. Uh, (laughs) The USS flag was one you already covered. Uh, You know, like as I got older, I wanted other things. Like, you know, I worked all summer to buy my, my first like real legit guitar, my Les Paul, but like I really wanted like the top of the line Les Paul, but it was like three times as much. And, you know, even actually being a working kid in college, I could not have. Why don't you just pull uh, a Wayne Campbell and walk into guitar center and ask to see (laughs) it and then have the associate tell you no stairway to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, to this day I might, I might still bug uh, anybody who will listen. I really, really want a Megalodon jaw. Uh, I'd love to get my hands on an Allosaurus skull. So, so uh, like an actual you know, Meg jaw? 
Yeah. So you're yeah. going to buy a rental property to store that thing at? Well, I might just like, you know, turn my, the roof of my man cave into like the Flintstones car, I guess. You know, oh. sort of shove it through there. So visual. Made so much more sense when you brought the Flintstones into it. <laughs> Kevin, I, I, yeah, man. I, 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 to your point, uh, even though we can't say uh-huh. to your point, um, yep. it's a habit. Uh, we wanted it to be super accurate and like finding the price. Of, why do we not have databases of historical prices of things so we can shove it down our parents' throats? So Seriously. I, I, I went out and I really wanted to include the 1995 uh, Sergei Fedorov white Nike skates. Oh, yeah. Because I always wanted those. And, um, you know, you, you're not, you're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth. I mean, my parents were playing, like paying to let me play hockey. Um, but there were a lot of lean years there where my hockey equipment was purchased from play it against sports. Um, why are these skates four sizes too big? You'll grow into them, Kevin. Um, but I, I wanted those white Nike skates so bad, if not for anything, because of the excellent commercials that Nike had. Dude. Oh, big time. Like, do you remember the commercial where, um, Fedorov just like absolutely jobs up a bunch of guys out on the ice. And then they show this goalie. I think he's playing for like the flyers or something. And they show him and he's working at a fast food restaurant. Remember that commercial? And he's like, he's like, I haven't worked in the NHL all year because I got fired. Cause Fedorov scores every time I, sh-. you know, it was like, they did the best commercials. And, um, it was weird because when Nike bought, I think it was Bauer. They bought, um, yeah, and they kept the Nike and Bauer brands separate, but the white Nike skates, they had Ronick wore those Fedorov wore those. Um, but really the only guy who got over wearing those was Fedorov. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, wasn't Matt Sandin also a Nike guy? I believe I so. That, I just remember I it was a commercial pin. He beat up somebody in a phone booth or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I wanted those, but I couldn't find the price. And then, um, I did find out I can buy them now for like 30 bucks from a dude in Calgary. So if I ever want them again, I guess I can wear a, a men's size eight and a half, uh, double E from some dude up in Alberta, Canada. But, uh, yeah. Used for the last 30 years. Awesome. I wanted those. I wanted, um, my cousins, Chris and Danny, shout out to Chris and Danny. Um, they had like every single piece of WWF memorabilia you could possibly purchase back in the day. And, uh, they had, they had the ring for the LJNs, like the big rubber wrestling dudes. And with no matter how much, like my parents must've had like this, this cost benefit analysis they did when they took us to the store to buy us toys. It was like, we can afford this, but not that it was like, we're not going to part with the $39 to buy the ring, but we'll buy you like a $9 fig. Yeah, I actually had the ring and I don't think you're missing that much because it was kind of limiting, you know, it, it, the things kind of got stretched out. Yeah, I but you could shoot what, guys off of the um, off of the strings that like the elastic strings that were the ropes. Very, very briefly because they didn't really hold up that well. Um, and it was just as well to, you know, have the guys jump off the coffee table yeah. or whatever. So. Dan and Dan and Chris had, had that ring, the blue WWF ring with like the cool, um, I think that ring is approximately like six by eight feet. At least that's how I remember it. It was so huge. <laughs> Cause those LJNs were like the size of me when I was playing with them. <laughs> right. Um, but when, another one I thought of too, that 
I eventually got uh, as an older person was like when N64 came out, I really, 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 really wanted N64. And to play the to play the Goldeneye game. To play Goldeneye. Specifically yeah. to play Goldeneye. And I had to sit in my classroom with these these absolute jabronis that every kid had N sixty four and like I'd come home like, Dad, I want an N sixty four and he'd be like, Kevin, you go to a Catholic school and play hockey, so nope, you don't have an N sixty four. You don't even get pong. No kidding, man. But uh, I don't know. I think we've We've driven this topic into the ground, but it's crazy to look back at. It, it taught me a couple of things. One was like, oh my gosh, would time travel be amazing for so many reasons, especially this one. And then two, the limited viewpoint from which you view things as a kid, where it's like, if you could just delay gratification and maybe say, you know what, mom and dad, I don't want seven Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I actually just want this one vehicle. Or, you know, getting in the heads of your aunts and uncles and saying, listen, crowdsource my birthday here. So let's not all go out to Toys R Us and buy 10 different action figures. Let's get me the USS flag. Yeah, it it, kind of makes me uh, question my approach as a parent. I'm, I'm at a dilemma now. Part of me wants to be like, you know what? I'm buying them everything because I know that they're probably right about how awesome this stuff is. And then part of me is like, no, you guys are going to suffer just like I did. Yeah, I think I'm much more in the fathering uh, school of the latter, which is like, I mean, back to our episode about, um, you know, bring it back or bury it. Yeah, I want my kids going down hot metal slides on a day like today in, in, in southeast Michigan because... You know, if I have third degree permanent scars on my cheeks, I want you to have the same thing. Well, that's why you uh, have your nine year old watch Predator from the front row by himself. You know, it, it's it it puts hair on the chest. Well, I made you the person you are today, and if if all Mama Watts had to do was take you to go see Predator, then Mama Watts, this episode's for you, babe. <laughs> you made a man, not like Kevin I'm, Watts. It's not like I'm scarred still. It's not no. like I have nightmares about it still. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not like you think about him to the point where your wife is counting nightmares that you have in 2023 <laughs> about him. Um, it's all in good fun. Kevin, this is all in good fun, and it's been another excellent episode. Um, I'm going to plug the socials. If you haven't started following us on Spotify, please do. If you haven't started uh, looking at us on the old gram, the kids call it. We usually yeah. put some uh, messages up on Instagram. Um, if you want, when this episode ends, throw some comments in the Q&A. If we leave a poll out there, which I think I got a good one to put out there, answer the poll. It shows uh, interactivity, and Spotify likes that. So this was a great episode. Uh, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, Kev, with you know, reminiscing looking back on the day, but we're looking forward. Nothing but full steam ahead. We're going to keep doing these until we get sick of them because at this point, it's just too much darn fun. Doggone right. And we got to take our field trip to uh, Time Blaster Toys. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling uh, nostalgic and you know I got a, a dollar burning a hole in my pocket. Well, if you need to use the restroom, Keith has the entire floor of Time Blaster Toys lined with Pokemon cards that you can read while you're taking a whiz. <laughs> that was the best. Then when we took John there for the first time, he's like, "Dad, 
the floor has Pokemon cards on it. I'm like, oh, I just thought you had a stomach ache because you've been in there for 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, let's wrap it up, man. It's Friday, and we do have things to do. Go enjoy. Go, uh, go, go get your tan on, and we'll see you next week in your, your tank top. I'll, I'll, I'll wear a different tank top, though, this time. <laughs> All, right. All right, buddy. Talk to you. See you. Bye-bye.